Today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer launched a work-from-home clean skincare line that covers all your skin needs. They proved you don't need a million serums and eye creams to get better skin. Clean ingredients and effective results with just a simple three-step routine that you can share. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 15% off and a gift with your first purchase by using the code LISTENER15. That's code LISTENER15 on RomerSkincare.com. No stress, no clutter, just happy skin. Welcome back to All Alone with Something to Say. This is your host Emma Newberry doing a speedy intro because for this episode we had to fit in my good friend and Chicago native Dan with his excellent ad voice to announce our sponsor Romer Skincare. So definitely check out that offer. Today we will be discussing the Kardashians and their meteoric rise to fame as well as their takeover of reality TV. So get cozy with a K because here we go. I want to start by saying welcome to my friend Emily. I'm really excited that you're here. Emily is a curator and journalist who has covered many dimensions of reality TV and culture, including the Kardashians, reality TV in the time of coronavirus, the bizarre grafting of morality slash self-improvement onto reality TV by covering shows like Love Island and Too Hot to Handle. She's reviewed albums, books, and most recently has been working on her hashtag Perfume Week project, which is so cool with the brand Imaginary Authors, which combines daily perfume reviews with accompanying playlists. As I was going like back through your blog, I found this excerpt from your review of Face a Visual Odyssey, and I felt like that was a really cool place to start. So I will read your words to you, and then you can speak words to me about it. Okay. okay. Hellfand regrettably writes off all of internet culture as results of narcissism and naivete, indicative of the moral downfall of our society. With a tone that feels chastising, she dismisses social media, reality TV, and selfie taking as pure displays of vanity. Okay, boomer. Makeup is discussed in a section unfortunately titled Quackery, which argues consumers are foolishly tricked by leeching corporations. However, this doesn't take into account the manifold ways makeup empowers, as a tool for asserting autonomy over your own image, as a confidence booster, and as an extension of personality and style, to name a few. I think I'm really interested in these things that are written off as displays of vanity or as kind of like nothingness or like my least favorite is like the guilty pleasure. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are like valuable cultural artifacts um, that we can learn a lot from. And so that's kind of why I'm so excited to come on this podcast is I feel like it looks at things in pop culture or things that we all love to enjoy, like, you know, true crime or thrifting. And it looks at like, not just the negative sides, but also the positive sides or like the complicated gray area in between. Um, Cause I feel like, you know, everything from the Kardashians and reality TV to makeup are all seen as like completely useless things. Um, But I think that kind of shuts down a lot of conversation that's more fruitful. With all of that said, like, I don't want to be one of these people who upholds abusive relationships with celebrities and doesn't allow for the possibility that celebrities are actually not gods. They're people who are wealthy and powerful and have status. And actually, those are things that can make you more susceptible 
to being an awful person. If you're interested in any of my musings on pop culture or makeup representation and culture, check out my blog. It's Emily Rose Bass, R-O-S-E-B-A-S-S dot Tumblr dot com. We'll put the link in the description for the episode so that you can access it more easily. So the new media empire can be born. <laughs> We're talking about the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is about the Kardashian family, Kardashian Jenner clan. There's no way you don't know who they are if you're listening, I don't think, but maybe that's part of the conversation. Um, but recently, on September 8th, they announced that the next season, right, will be their final season of the show. Right now, 19 is airing, so the current season okay. is the second to last, and then in 2021, there will be a final season. Okay. So there's one more season happening, and then they're abandoning the show, which has been like a hallmark of E! entertainment and like just every pop culture reference slash like so much of social media and so we are going to be discussing that and why the show they're moving away from the show as a relatively big platform for them and just like the phenomenon of the kardashians because i i don't know i feel like you have some interesting insight about that you're definitely more of an expert in that field. That's why I think it's really interesting for us to talk because like, this is something that I've kind of had to like realize I'm too far into at points in time and like pull huh. myself back from. Um, so it's going to be interesting for the two of us to talk with like really different <laughs> relationships to the Kardashians. But I also like, I think it's important to acknowledge that like, I don't think everybody has to make time or space or like mental energy to look at like the plus sides or the positive discourses about the Kardashians if they don't mm. want to because I feel like a lot of people have like really really valid and really personal reasons to just not want them on their feeds or in their lives yeah. at all and I think that's also worth acknowledging like I think it's an interesting conversation but I would never argue that their effect is overwhelmingly positive even though there's yeah. things to be found. Would you like to give us a rundown of, like, basic facts, things to know about the show? It aired in 2007. They've had 12 spinoffs, and some of them, when I was doing research for this, and, like, I'm someone who's watched a lot of the Kardashians. Like, I've watched mm -hmm. Miami and New York and all these different places. Um, I even watched a little bit of Life of Kylie, which is awful. <laughs> and Caitlyn Jenner has two sons. Um... And one of them is named Brody, and he got his own awful spinoff that obviously didn't take off, but I thought that was a little crazy. 12 spinoffs. From my brief Google of sex with Brody, it was it one. So I immediately saw it was one season, and it was like him and a marriage counselor slash therapist, and I was just like, all right. <laughs> Nobody should give him a show. Like, yeah. it shouldn't have existed, but um, maybe I'll binge it this week. <laughs> Um, for research purposes. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. So they announced on September 8th um, on Instagram mm -hmm. that they would be canceling the show, which also it was my boyfriend's birthday. And so I had to like be like, okay, I'm putting this out of my mind. I literally <laughs> can't do this right now. And I was kind of actually surprised by how much it really affected me. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like a One Directioner, and mm-hmm. I've always been like, I I can't imagine being so involved in something that like seeing it ending when it should end, which was the case with One Direction too. I think that like it was time for it to end, but still like getting the announcement felt like I don't know, just this huge thing I couldn't even tackle that day. But yeah, so they started off with like to my amazing fans and a picture of the first season, and mm. um, I I kind of knew in that moment that it would be done. It's existed for so many years and I've watched it for so many years. And like mm-hmm. as I grew into my interest in like pop culture and my interest in makeup, my interest in fashion and like the influencer market, like they've grown to all of these yeah. things. But because it started with this like, I don't know, it, it started with the reality show for that to end kind of felt like a huge cultural loss when really I knew mm. the show like didn't quite mean a lot anymore. I know that their ratings dropped pretty dramatically in recent seasons, but also they kind of have just moved on. Definitely. I feel like there's a lot of reasons it like fell out of popularity as they became some of the most followed people on Instagram. It became like a way quicker method for them to communicate their side of the story. And I feel like the show was always meant to first create a platform for them and then to be a way of controlling their narrative and their image. And because these things were happening so long after, like, do you remember the Jordan Woods, Tristan, Chloe? Yeah. Yes. So it's like that all played out on the show months after it had happened. But like people had already gone on Red Table Talk. They'd already gone Mm -hmm. on Instagram Live and tweeted about these things. And so like their narrative at that point felt stale, like to bring it back Mm. from the show. The second reason is that they don't really need reality tv anymore like they wanted to get their image out there and like their family dynamics but we get that everywhere we get that on twitter instagram um tmz which is like Mm -hmm. the reason that they don't need the show anymore is they've had these connections yeah um it's like really well known at this point the kardashians speak to tmz um and when you hear things like a source close to the Kardashians said blank and blank. It's usually Chris um, or someone mm. on Kim's behalf. And then also they've, they've taken on so many new projects um, because they yeah. want to kind of like get away from the reality TV thing. I think they're at a point where they don't need their lives to be filmed all the time. And it's actually mm. a disadvantage. There was a quote from, I guess like representatives from E commenting on, them sharing that the show was ending and I just thought this was an interesting way to put this. Their released statement says, along with all of you we have enjoyed following the intimate moments the family so bravely shared by letting us into their daily lives. While it has been an absolute privilege and we will miss them wholeheartedly, we respect the family's decision to live their lives without our cameras. Keyword our. It's not like some eschewing of the like spotlight of social media i mean maybe it is to some extent feeling like an invasion of privacy i think maybe with courtney more specifically from what i know but it's not because they're living their lives now more authentically or differently it's just there's no economic benefit or social capital to having their images on like this platform anymore i think at times now they're being filmed all the time and like their relationships being put on the spot actually could be bad for their Mm. businesses. Like, um, I think there are reasons why Kanye doesn't often come on the show. And there's reasons why Kim doesn't want to, like, involve her 
immediate family. And I think it was interesting what you said about like our cameras being the word, um, because it's really obvious that they still are going to be in the spotlight a lot. Maybe this is a, a jaded analysis of this, but the idea that there was any autonomy on like E's part of like how the show was going to be dictated, like clearly was a way for them to control their own narrative. Which kind of feels like the important takeaway for me is something that I've heard a lot of people talking about is like, this signals the defeat of the Kardashians or like this is the end of the Kardashian empire or like kind of this idea that 2020 displaced the Kardashians from cultural relevance. And I think Mm -hmm. kind of like sadly more complicated than that. And like, I think they're intentions aren't like to hide away from the spotlight or be like oh we see that you know we're gonna make space for different influencers or you know we're not relevant anymore there definitely was this idea that this was some sort of David and Goliath moment I found this Forbes article it was called in all caps inside Kylie Jenner's web of lies and it's about like (laughs) oh my god this is the Forbes article about her being a self-made billionaire Mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. Forbes had published two articles prior about her success and they hadn't fact-checked and the Kardashians had lied or fudged the truth, according to them. Yeah, they did allude to, like, from what we understand, they maybe faked some tax returns and, like, there was... The numbers were not really, like, adding up, but it just... And honestly, like, that is not great if that, like, is the real situation, but just this idea of the, like gotcha moment where it's like you're not a billionaire you're a millionaire like oh what an insult the numbers are a big thing yeah I also feel like the bigger discussion that they should have been having even before Kylie is she inherited right fame and she inherited all the work that Chris had done and she inherited a lot of money a lot of status that she wouldn't have gotten otherwise so like define self-made when you have all of these connections and like family that's so wealthy. This definitely was probably a calculated decision on the entire family's behalf. But when she was accused of using lip fillers, and then she denied it for a while, and then confessed it and then started making lip kits, like they know how to spin it. They really do. They really do. And I think that's one of the not positive, but interesting (laughs) impacts of the Kardashians is the way they've made their selves like their their face, their name into a sellable product from yeah from reality tv and i think that's something that a lot of people do now is go on reality tv whether it's like bachelor or love island there's just so many shows people go on that they claim there's one motive for example falling in love but really they're you know promoting their music career i think i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i don't think is a thing to blame you know what i mean i would be more cautious of people who go on tv and they're like i know this person who i've never met is going to be my soulmate do you want to talk a little bit about like how the family has been negatively impacted by some of this spotlight. I think the biggest example is Courtney um, Kardashian. She was dating Scott Disick for a long time and from the very first episode, like the very one of the very first plot lines was Chris actually thought she knew that Scott was cheating on Courtney. And, like, the whole thing is, like, she's telling the cameras before she's telling her daughter. And she's like, yeah. how am I going to tell her? Um, this is going to crush her. But, like, you're also making profit off of that by telling it right. to the cameras and making it into a plot line. Um, and then she brought it to Courtney finally at the end of the episode after dragging it out and making Scott really <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, and Courtney's like, 
I knew that he was cheating on me. We talked about it. That was the first example of it going wrong. And then it like their relationship ups and downs continued to play out on the show. For example, in 2010, Scott had an instance where he he was always battling addiction and alcoholism Mm. and a lot of anger issues. And he Mm -hmm. actually punched a mirror and they turned it into like this huge plot line where it's like, they get marriage counseling and he, he deals with the death of his parents. And it's just like on camp. This is all on camera. Awful. Um, and I think that it really impacted their relationship. And I think for Courtney, she realized the way that like, that's going to negatively impact her kid's perception of their father and like her, like, I, I don't know, America's perception of Scott and like their own relationship. And you can tell the family like learned from it and never did that again really because Mm. everything from there out was super calculated like when Lamar had a drug issue they really controlled that narrative and like talked about it in confessionals when like the issue had been kind of made public already so I think from there out especially Courtney but all of them kind of realized that like there were ways that this show could really negatively impact their interpersonal relationships too the past two seasons the entire thing has been like Courtney wants to leave like she doesn't want to come on family vacations if there's going to be cameras and like it caused a huge wedge between the family because Mm. everything they do together is filmed is Courtney the one that does push oh my god it's it's really clear that uh Courtney decided she would refuse to be on the show unless they were talking about push because um The first episode of season 19, which premiered last Thursday, Courtney learns to cuddle for Poosh. They, like, find one of those um, professional cuddlers, and she, like, works through this process of, like, learning that she's actually scared of intimacy, and, like, her mother never hugged her growing up, but more realistically, it's an ad for Poosh. Right. Um, When they all finally go to this, like, cuddle master they're all wearing kim's new skims collection of course okay like a fuzzy skims kind of like teddy bear collection and Mm. all head to toe wearing it so it's a double ad damn and also like just now the invocation of chris jenner not hugging her meanwhile chris jenner is like behind the camera being like good job sweetie like this is gonna make us so much money that's just the epitome of like what this is very meta (laughs) <laughs> I know there's like goop also. Yep. But it makes sense for skincare. Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow G. Like Poosh, I Googled it and I guess Penelope, Courtney's daughter, is like nicknamed Poosh. I think that they did it because of goop. I think, yeah. I think it was Poosh because of goop. Because goop was founded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was founded a few years before Poosh was. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, there was a. New York Times Magazine profile of Gwyneth Paltrow in 2018 where she came up with the name Goop because she says, quote, all the successful internet companies have double O's. And she also wanted it to be a word that means nothing and could mean anything. I made an Instagram poll that was like, poosh or goop. I saw Um, (laughs) And only a few people voted for poosh. And one of them was my boyfriend, Ben. And I asked him, like, why did you have an opinion on this? And he goes, oh my God, I thought they were just made up words. And you were asking which was the better sound. He's right. Yeah. Is Skims the line that was originally kimono? She she got all of the backlash for its name and then changed it. But it's the same exact thing. Okay. I know she was like, 
I believe in like the simplicity and like power and versatility of the kimono but like she should have known that that was wrong if you're taking anything and just skimming the aesthetic off the top of it and being like no more cultural relevance or importance than that it's like obviously this is going to be offensive to somebody at what point do you stop accumulating wealth you know what i mean like yeah kim and kylie they have a lot of money do you really need to be making money off of all these different industries that right are complicated and like makeup is something that i do believe has a lot of transformative positive power i think that makeup can be used to become a version of yourself that you're excited about it can be a creative outlet it can take you to so many different places that aren't like inherently oppressive or like inherently like telling you that what you are isn't good enough you know what i mean yeah shapewear to me and especially calling it solution wear Mm-hmm. Is one of, I think, the most disgusting things that she's ever done. She's um, allowed women who are curvier to see themselves represented in media. She's told yeah. people it's okay to have different types of body types. But she's also lied about getting plastic surgeries. And she's let people believe that this type of body type is a realistic thing to have right. and not a product of a million procedures. So then to know who you are in this market of shaping the public opinion on body type, to create something called solution wear is just so disgusting to me. I watched one of her videos where she's doing breath training to wear a corset. <gasps> yeah. Was it the Met Gala maybe? The Met Gala. It was the camera. Yeah. Gala. And like, I when I saw her on the red carpet, I was like, this is pretty cool. But when you see her like putting this... First of all, terrifyingly tiny and also just like symbol of like feminine oppression from long ago around her body, which is already, as you said, enhanced by so many other procedures. I don't think that she was saying it's normal or okay to put your body through corset training. I think instead what she was doing is embracing like um, all these different tropes about her, like Hmm. sort of this venus that she's you know emerged from sea foam and she's dripping like the wet hairstyle um dripping with literal crystals and diamonds the tiny waist i think it was her saying i know all of these things about me and i'm showing Hmm. up as a parody of them like i think that was pastiche and like it was kind of like okay i can see what she's doing here and i think what she's doing with shapewear is much more like insidious for me especially because as you said the shapewear slash solutions where line is particularly callous. I thought it was a weird choice to have Alice Marie Johnson be one of the faces of solution wear. For context, Alice Marie Johnson is the woman who received a full pardon for a mandatory life sentence for a first-time drug offense, largely because of Kim Kardashian's efforts. She really magnified Johnson's situation. Like, she got her, like, 3.8 million views on a video describing her circumstances, which otherwise was sort of just, like, a shout into the void. Mm. But, okay, having TMZ, which we know is, like, very carefully guided, maybe, by the Kardashians, like, have a picture of Alice Marie Johnson in Solutions Wear saying... The theme of this is freedom. This is a quote. Alice talks about her experience in prison and how Kim went to war to get her out. Johnson says Kim's product is a metaphor for freedom. It allows her to go to the store and pick up something she'd normally never wear. 
thanks to Skims. She calls um, Kim Kardashian West her war angel. Something really to look into is the way that we glorify her as like this almost like deity. Um, yeah. Bigger than a person, which circles back to a lot of our conversations about like stand culture and celebrity worship. Something I found really upsetting, um, and this is something actually I know you and I have talked about quite a few times now, is that when Kim had started, no, she'd been into her law career uh, at least a year or so in this point. Um, she put out a documentary called The Justice Project, mm-hmm. and my viewpoint was that she was going to move America a little bit further left over time on the idea of prison abolition. I saw it as something that would progress and grow. Mm -hmm. But I think what Kim actually did is she reinforced these ideas that some people were, you know, wrongfully put in prison, but in effect that there are people who still do belong in prisons. Like she even speaks a little bit about the fact that like she thought she could never get involved in a case that was like morally ambiguous, like that there was gray area. And to me, that means she still believes that people should be locked up. Right. And I think by, by putting that documentary out, instead of it being the first step in moving people, she really just solidified those ideas. I thought that, the right thing for her to do from there would have been to use her Instagram and her Twitter Mm -hmm. and her show, everything she can to draw attention to the more serious issues she was supposedly interested in. But then if you look at her Instagram, she'll repost things about people who are, um, I guess, seeking clemency on her story, which disappears after 24 hours and none of it not a single post that I've been able to find has gone in her feed. And Hmm. I think that says a lot. And you know that Skims is in the feed. So the fact that she hasn't made a concerted effort to really, really switch gears and the fact that she's still using her Instagram for Skims tells me that her intentions are all over the place. And I think she should get rid of Skims. I don't think she should still, Mm. in my opinion, be doing all of these side things if she's also trying to have this like I'm a good person now part. Not to suggest that Johnson didn't choose to be in this campaign. Like I don't know, she's obviously able to do whatever she wants to do. But from Kim's perspective, it seems like her take on the situation is like, I took this woman out of a bad place and plugged her into my shapewear line and I'm gonna get more people to buy it because I'm vaguely associating it with this moral situation. Mandatory life sentences are insane, but the whole system is messed up. She just took the easiest little piece Mm -hmm. of it. Once you elevate someone to a certain level, whenever they deign to swoop down from the heavens, it feels like such a big, like, oh, this is such a humanizing moment. Like, she's such a good person. She cares about other people. That they just have to make, like, the vaguest gestures at social consciousness and then go back up. I think that whenever you like something, you should be critical of it and that you should be able to acknowledge the pros and the cons if you're going to still choose to watch or engage or support in any way I guess what I think is like more negative or like I guess kind of shameful about it is like the moments where you catch yourself defending a person that you don't know for example I think Kim thrives when people are talking shit about her oh yeah there's one whole camp that hates her so much that she trends the first time on twitter and then a whole other group that acts like her guard dogs, and they and, and she trends a second time. Right. I don't know. There are moments, especially with the Justice Project, where I caught myself like giving her more credit than 
credit is due and kind of deflecting criticism for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a really negative thing about stan culture and celebrity worship. This refusal to accept criticism. And it's something that like as a culture reporter who's interested in celebrity culture and celebrity worship, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do that. And then I find out that the Kardashians is ending and I have a mini life crisis and I would do that. It's something I'm trying to be even more aware of now as I go forward, like writing about these things and talking about these things. If you benefit from people criticizing you and people praising you, it actually builds up this like effective wall against actual criticism Mm -hmm. that's informed and really with the goal of like understanding better how we ourselves are implicated in this larger culture of consumption. What does a healthy relationship with the Kardashians look like when consuming their show, following their Instagram, following their hashtags, all of these things feed into the fame machine that they profit from. One of the things that they're interested in, in starting is something like a shark tank, where basically the sisters as entrepreneur mentors give Mm. advice on starting their own businesses. Kardashians have had so much impact on the way people use reality TV as a launchpad, specifically families. They changed the reality TV landscape and the influencer landscape and really merged the two inextricably. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hilarious to me that they're like, the reality TV model is no longer suiting us. So we're going to make a reality TV show about how it can suit you, which is in in turn going to work again for them by boosting them to make them more famous. So who is it for? What would the fall of the Kardashians look like? I think people were thinking that because of the influx of conversations recently about cultural appropriation and about Black Mm -hmm. Lives Matter, all these things that the Kardashians were more or less silent on and also Mm -hmm. like negative perpetrators of, that was the reason that the Kardashians were falling out of relevance. But I don't think that that is something that could ever like dethrone them. I think Stormy, for example, Kylie's daughter and North, Kim's daughter will probably be just as famous as their parents. Yeah. Beyond time, that's the only thing that I can really see dethroning the Kardashians. I just don't see them falling out of popularity because of like political tides changing. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of All Alone with Something to Say. Special thanks, as always, to Kenny Noel for the original music. You can find him on Bandcamp. And as a reminder, the link to Emily's blog, emilyrosebass.tumblr.com, is in the description bar for this episode. Have you got something to say? If you do, you can message us on Instagram or Twitter at the All Alone Pod or email us at the All Alone Pod at gmail.com. 